Welcome to After Hours with Ashley Demille. Today we're talking to Gabby Edlin about her charity, Bloody Good Period, and modern feminism. Okay, hello, and welcome to After Hours with Astrid and Miu. They're not actually here, it's actually just me, Bella, your host, and Gabby Edlin from Bloody Good Period. Oh yeah. Hello, Gabby. Hi, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming and joining me. So, tell us a little bit about what Bloody Good Period is. So, um, I guess the first thing is we're a charity, mm-hmm. but we're not really a charity in the traditional format. We're an activist group. Right. So we were set up or I set us up three and a half years ago mm-hmm. in order to get period supplies to refugees and asylum seekers. Yeah. And what I realized pretty quickly is that not only did this problem exist because of how society's functioning mm. in that people won't talk about periods as well as austerity and the way that refugees and asylum seekers are treated in the UK, mm. but also that this should have been something that was under the welfare state that the government was already taking care of. And so when I say we're not a traditional charity, what I mean is we don't want to exist. We're doing sure. everything in our power to shut ourselves down. Yeah. And so um, it's a tricky business um, doing that, but that is essentially how we work. Mm. We normalize periods, we get period supplies to people who can't access them, and we make sure that we don't have to do it ourselves. That is very, very evenly and succinctly summed up. Um, <laughs> I so I've been looking at what you do and I can't believe that you have to exist. I totally yeah. am in shock that these aren't provided as a basic human need. You know, yeah. you I mean, you think about what you need, you need clothing, you need shelter, you need food, and as a woman, you need sanitary products. Mm-hmm. Like straightforward. So how did you find out about the lack? So I was volunteering in a drop-in centre for asylum seekers. So mm-hmm. um I'm Jewish. I'm not I'm not religious, but it's sort of you know I guess I'm culturally Jewish Mm -hmm. and so a lot of Jewish people especially in London volunteer you know do lots of things like that it's sort of part of what we do um but one of the things that I decided I want to do was was work with asylum seekers and refugees and so I volunteered at this new one that was being set up and um it was an overflow for this really really amazing big center that already exists in Finchley mm. and what they did so they sent the uh, the people who were sort of running it sent through like a list of essentials in inverted commas you know all the things that people need yeah. and that's what we're going to collect and distribute and there were no period supplies in there and I asked about it um I'd read an article by, by Maya Oppenheim in Vice which was about the homeless period and that was about mm. a year before so it was in my head Um, you know I was already a feminist it was already the kind of thing I was thinking about and I asked you know why do you not supply the or shall we supply these yeah and the answer was very it wasn't like no oh god no no women don't need that it was just it was like oh will we give them out in an emergency or you know if people ask for them they can have like one or two packs and I was like well that's not how periods work like they're not an emergency (laughs) they're not a choice they're not and you don't you know they're already so made to be so shameful and so secretive mm. that someone is not going to come and ask you for a pad more than once. Yeah. And where, what's an emergency with, an, with a period? Do you yeah. have to like bleed on the floor? <laughs> like, do you have to turn up crying with your yeah. clothes stained? Like, no, not having that. Mm. So um, then I started looking into all of the other like drop-in centers and it just turned out that even though a lot of places were having donations, like occasionally, like especially when I, Daniel Blake, the film came out, which mm. features a scene where a woman steals um, period products because okay. she can't afford them, that it was an influx, but these places weren't getting them on a sustainable basis. Mm. Periods every month. Yeah. 
people come to these drop-in centers every single month and nobody wants to stockpile. Nobody wants to feel like they have to grab everything that they can. Mm. And additionally, all of these drop-in centers, they're set up by volunteers and they often don't have like, I think people sometimes assume they're like part of these warehouses or yeah. they've got all this storage. It's a church hall. People mm. turn up in a church hall, put the things out, people get them, they go home. Yeah. So there's nowhere to store like thousands of packs. So yeah. I decided to set something up that was like, okay, we make sure that places get high quality, good quantity pl- supplies every single month without fail. No one ever has to panic. No one mm. has to worry about where the next product's coming from. And it's always going to be good quality. You take what you need. We don't judge. Yeah. And so that was basically how... Um, I've, I've sort of gone way beyond answering your question. No, no, no. But it's... that was sort of how it came about, yeah. really. And how I realised it was something that was needed. So previous to setting this up, have you, do you have any other experience of working in a charity? Or have you previously kind of, have you done anything like this before, basically? Sort of, yeah. So I, I mean, I spent, <laughs> I spent my very cool youth um, as like a, a leader in a youth movement. Amazing. So, Better than I spent mine in the park smoking I mean cigarettes. I did that too that was just <laughs> <laughs> like, so it was like part of like a Jewish like socialist youth movement like oh it was God, a, it was really great like it was the time of my life it was um you know every summer every winter um it was all about like leadership um it wasn't it wasn't as geeky as it sounds like it was genuinely really like it was really great to do mm. um and that was all about like creative programming and like making social change and sort of just like wicked. Yeah. I guess that kind of thing. Um, so that was what I did from like the age of 14. So it was in you. It's always been in me, like a sense of justice Mm. and a sort of bit of a, an arsehole nature. Um, (laughs) You get stuff done. That's it. It's true. Be disruptive, Um, get stuff done. Yeah. (laughs) And then I worked in, um, museums and galleries when I graduated. So I, I, I trained as an artist at uni. I did fine art and English. Oh, and then went into museums and galleries, did art, like art education. You know, when you see like kids going around the museum. So yeah. that was like... <laughs> How was that? Um, I mean, I love kids. Yeah. Everyone's always assumes that's the worst bit. I, I That's what I would... My immediate no. reaction was like, oh no. No, 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 that was the bit I loved. So I was a nanny as well for like five, Aww, six years. I okay. love children. I know yeah. it's odd. Um <laughs> You know how no, like, people love dogs? Yeah. I love I babies. Love, I love dogs. Yeah. yeah. Not interested. <laughs> like, like dogs, fine. But oh, I love no. babies. I love my friend's babies. I love kids. I love ki- people's like, babies. The, the way that I see kids, it's like kids are just like little people. Exactly. Right? And that's why they're so funny. And some of them are dickheads <laughs> in the same yeah. way that some adults are dickheads. And some kids, you're like, nah, you're definitely not my kind of person. Yeah. But people are like, you can't say that about a two-year-old. But sometimes it's true. Absolutely. But Absolutely. they are little people and they have no filter. So yeah, well, that's I... what I find just so comical. Yeah. Um, and also when you're working in like, a stuffy art gallery, the delight of having children in there and be like, this isn't good <laughs> is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just loved that. Like, I loved that they would come in and there'd be all this like curatorial, you know, work around like yeah. these like old master paintings. And they'd just be like, why is she naked? <laughs> um, and I, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, you were working in museums with naughty kids yeah. and that were just like seeing, cutting through the cat. But the way that you love that about children, that's what you do. What, you cut through not- the crap. Yeah. <laughs> you cut through the crap. Oh, you no see something that's... Before. Yeah, but it's like, it's so evident. quite funny. Yeah. You, that's something that, that's a quality that you're like, yeah, I like that about kids and you've retained that. That's really funny. I've yeah. met, no one's ever said that before. It's probably very true. I think so. Um, and that, yeah. I mean, I don't like it when they're rude, but I just no. think it's funny the way that they say stuff that 
Because they, do you know what it is as well? It's that's what people find hard to explain to kids injustice, isn't yeah. it? Because it doesn't make sense. No. And they have such a strong sense yeah. of it. Yeah. I remember when I was about nine, um, I was like, what? I'm eating, or maybe even younger, I was like, what? Meat is animals. Oh, well, I'm not going to eat that anymore. Yeah. And I was a vegetarian until I was like 18. Then I was just like an asshole. And I was like, I don't care about animals. Pizza's delicious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> but I now connect more with my childlike self than I did yeah. with that attitude that you develop as a teen. Yeah. Or that I definitely developed as yeah. a teenager. And I feel yeah. like I've kind of gone full circle and I'm way back to like, my core beliefs that I was kind of born with, I guess. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, absolutely. And I think there's that creativity. Like mm. what I loved with working with kids in the arts was like until they get to about seven or eight, no, every, everybody's creative. Yeah, I mean, knowing this is the thing you hear about all the time, yeah. like that school kills creativity. Yeah, it couldn't be more true. Yeah, and I did work in schools as well as an art teacher as well, and you just see that it's it's like actually shocking. Mm. But yeah, like up until about eight, like they all can draw. Yeah. It's what they, it doesn't matter how good you are; they can do it, and they do it. It's part of your way of communicating with the world is drawing. Absolutely, right? Yeah, you know. it's so important. And yeah, so I did. I mean, I I loved working with parts of that, and actually, um, the woman who was my manager at that job now now works at BGP, oh, which is like brilliant, and because she's an artist as well, and so it's amazing to have her there. But I found that the sort of the atmosphere wasn't. It wasn't creative, mm-hmm. even though it was art, it wasn't yeah. creative at all. It wasn't questioning anything. That That is literally like all I do is like ask questions. Yeah. And well, not now because I'm telling you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 but it's so important. But, yeah. People forget that and they get scared to ask questions because you think, oh, it's going to make me look stupid. Yeah. Ask questions all day long. Yeah. There was no space to do that in, in the art gallery world. And as well, because things are so traditional and mm. so like, well, no, this is how we do it. So there was nowhere to say, well, actually, is this a particularly great way of showing, you know, a paedophile artist? I'm yeah. thinking of a specific one. Yeah, um, yeah but, you know. No, why do we a have lot to of do them it? Are problematic, yeah, just because it's good. Yeah. Like, why do we have to show it? Yeah. Like, and that just didn't, it didn't go through. So what I did was I applied for a master's um, at Central St. Martin's mm. um, and got in to do that, which was, it was called, um, so it's, so wanky it was called um applied imagination in the creative industries yeah can we just applied imagination in, in the, the creative, creative industries. industries sounds amazing i mean as an artistic person yeah. you probably are like <laughs> yeah. yes i mean i saw it and was like yes yeah we were discussing um, it before we arrived and i was like what is that yeah it was i need that in my life it was one of the best it was two years it was the best two years of my life like I'm, yeah obviously i'm not like sad now <laughs> but it was just brilliant the whole course was about asking questions yeah um, challenging the status quo, paradigm shifting, um, using like what you already do to change things in the world. That's awesome. It was amazing. And, and did you have really amazing tutors as well? Because they're going to have the best people there. Yeah, like some of them were, were horrific, actually. <laughs> really? um, there were just a couple that were just, they just, I don't know how they got in there and I don't know why they were doing it. <laughs> uh, but the others, oh my God, I had this one tutor called Richie who was just, he just, believed in me Mm. and he believed in what I was doing and it was at the time so this was like 2014 so feminism was only just sort of resurging Mm. and I was doing stuff about getting men into feminism and like one of my tutors was like no don't don't get it like like he was he was terrible but like Richie was like okay all right tell me more you know let's go with it that's where sort of I discovered um about using comedy okay like I hadn't really ever thought about like that being funny was a tool. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was just like, 
that's what you do you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was sort of where that sort of flourished and I saw that as a creativity in itself oh, yeah what is your definition of feminism I think that obviously there's the like it's equality mm-hmm. but is there something specific that you think if someone was to say what is feminism that's a, is that a real dick question no know. it's not actually <laughs> I was on a panel the, a few weeks ago a few months ago and um the white male host asked me where are we in gender equality oh and I was God. like I <laughs> how do you want me to answer that I was li- I literally said that I was like I like okay uh, yeah. but no what is feminism I think is a very different question so it's a scary word to people yeah. so I 100% am a feminist yeah and the way that I explain it to people is it's like oh it's equality right and so I have been in situations so I was at a wedding right and this woman she was like oh no 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 oh uh, oh no I'm not um, I don't like any of that I'm not a feminist and I was like you're a woman though and yeah she was like oh no I don't think we need it and I was like you don't need it, honey. Literally, like, I was like... Do you realise you're out of the house? Like, <laughs> the only reason you're out of the house is because of feminism. But then I was like, like, how fucking privileged have you got to be to think that we don't need feminism? Go and tell that to a 12-year-old girl that's being put into, sold into marriage in another country. Go and tell that to any woman anywhere else in the world that is mm. not as, in the same position as you and you don't think that they need a... Like, mm. no, no. I was like, she's a prick! But yeah. I mean, I don't quite have the words to get it across well, properly. Well, what else is it? Which I need someone that's really prick. articulate like you no, to tell I mean, me in a better way than be like, you're a prick. But I, I get, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in that situation a lot. And actually now I am, um, for my own self-care, I just am not at work right now. I like, ah, just, do you know smart. what? Do you know how many books there are about feminism? <laughs> and, and this is, and I am yeah. at work right now and I'm delighted to answer yeah, this question with yeah, you. Yeah. But like when, when like men come up to me, like generally, like people find out what I do and they think, I used to have this on dates all the time. But God, like, yeah. why, like why feminism? Like, do you not think it like we've got, you've got equality now? And do you not think like, it's you not know, it's gone a bit too far. And I was always like, <laughs> do you know what? I'm getting angry, it. literally sitting yeah, there yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll be like, screw you. Yeah. I'm paying for dinner and fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is on me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it used to really, really get to me. And now I'm just like, do you know what? If you're not going to do the work, I'm not going to join you. Yeah. Like, um, like my sister's boyfriend, like when we first met, like when they first got together, he was asking so many questions and is now at the point where like we have like really great discussions but the Amazing. questions he was asking wasn't don't you think it's gone a bit far it was like so why do you think that um you know how is it different feminism here to in america you know that kind yeah. of thing which is so completely different to an accusatory i don't think we need this yeah oh, yeah i just say i'm not at work. makes me angry i'm not at work um but sorry yes what you asked was what does <laughs> yeah. it mean what does it me? feminism mean to you for me i mean it's obviously it's equality yeah. for me it's past the point now where i even feel like I have to explain why I'm a feminist. I think it's, mm-hmm. ju- it's just fucking obvious. Am Everyone I allowed to is. swear? Oh, I right. swear all the time. Okay, great. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it's, if you're not, you need to have a little bit of a look in the mirror. Yes. Um, and have a think about how you got there and what there's left to achieve. But I'm not really here to try and get people to be feminist. What I, the way that I understand feminism is you've got to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I don't buy into any of this corporate bullshit about like girls together, women, like, no. So the, there are a few things that say so what I do is feminist in itself because I support other women. I yeah. think that's what you've got to do. Yeah. But also it's about like, it's, yeah, like I said, it's doing the work. It's questioning yourself at all times. Like I'm in constant turmoil because I am like constantly questioning how I've been brought up and, mm-hmm. and the way that I understand the world. And, you know, it can feel being a feminist very 
you can feel attacked if you let yourself feel like that because yeah. you can never be quite good enough. Yeah. Um, this is it. How, you know, this whole thing like, oh, if a guy cat calls you, then you're meant to feel bad. But if the guy's really hot, then you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there are a lot of, what is it? The bad feminist. It's the, there's an account, isn't there? Yeah. Because there are yeah, loads of essays. problematic things that yeah. happen. And you're like, mm, but I've been conditioned to respond like that. And it's just yeah. like a really tumultuous, area yeah the thing is is we it's so much like people understand feminism is placing the like the onus on women like and it's just not like no it's humans basic what is human it, rights in catcalling what is what what would a feminist do if they were catcalled well firstly they would keep themselves safe yeah that's what i mean how often do you actually get called by catcalled by someone hot like seriously and <laughs> it's do you happened know, do you know, really i like a builder though okay yeah, fine fine fine, fine. <laughs> but like you keep yourself safe yeah, of is, course. Is the first it's, thing. And it's sec- an, it, you know, it's a threat initially. Yeah, and second thing is that you talk to men who talk to other men about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You challenge the men in your life. You yeah. don't need to go up to them yourself and be like, stop this now that's an anti-feminist or, or you sort of beat yourself up for being flattered by it. Like, mm. I just find the whole, the whole way we like consider like the things that are put onto us by society as our fault, mm. even as far as, well, is it my fault if I don't mind that's being so catcalled? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if you like being catcalled. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that there are other men making other women feel really unsafe and yeah. scared. Yeah. And actually like, you know, a complimentary um, comment by someone who actually you think is quite fit. That yeah. isn't the problem. That's not the end of flirting. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah that that's fine you're not scared yeah so that's not what we need to worry about we need mm. to worry about you know men shouting things to young women women being on their own in the street and feeding you know I've had like a car drive up next to me mm. and, and shout I'm not even gonna I mean this word's too horrible but I was wearing a short skirt it was the middle of summer and he shouted we can see your like c yeah. word and kept shouting it as I he was in traffic down Brixton Road and like shouting it at me and that was terrifying yeah and upsetting and that but my knee-jerk reaction again is I think that where I've grown up in North London and it's like you know if you grow up in London you're 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 there's a constant barrage of men kind of commenting on the way you look where you are smile all that shit my knee-jerk reaction is aggression yeah like I'd be like fuck you or chuck them through the window because you kind of it's almost like you've had to be. Yeah. So you say, again, it is, it's about safety. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it you're was what? horrible. It's hot, you're wearing a skirt. Yeah. You're not allowed to exist because yeah. you're a woman. It was, it was absolutely horrible. But, like, yeah. that was, like, a tiny thing compared to, like, the work yeah. that we have to do for or alongside our friends. So, like I was talking about before I came on the podcast, mm. my friend who was who is, um, a black woman who works in online spaces and works to end online abuse really really hard and the way that she gets called out well, not even called out the way that she gets um abused for simply existing as a black woman mm. that's where I have to use my privilege as a feminist mm-hmm. and say okay right now we're going to write a letter now we're going to say that we won't stand for this that's where we bring in our networks I think feminism is so much about networks and working and I'm not talking about networks in terms of business I'm talking about like whisper networks whatsapp mm. groups saying we're not going to deal with this anymore like we're not taking this I have a whatsapp group about money where we make sure that people get paid and it, it works it's mm. it's amazing and you know we have like whatsapp groups where we talk to each other about you know you know you talk to each other about like men you don't want to like yeah. <laughs> have anyone else see in the world you yeah. know or have anyone else suffer from like that's I think what like 
feminism is true. I mean, you've got to just go back to the idea of it's sisterhood. Yeah. You know, it's nothing to do with business. Like everyone can jump on the bandwagon as much as they want and Dior can do shit about feminism and like, fine, that's lovely. It's nice that people are talking about it. Mm. But unless you're doing the work that nobody else sees, Mm. it's not feminism. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way. I'm very much on a journey. Um, But, you you know, then no one is perfect. But it's about using your privilege to, to do better by other people. Absolutely. And it's inspiring as well. Like, you are, like, honestly an activist to the bone. You can see how passionately you speak about stuff. You're like, this isn't fucking okay. I'm going to do something about it. It's amazing. And, like, it's thank God for people like you because I feel that. I don't do it. I don't do anything about it. I feel like it's in everyone. I really do. Like... Mm. I didn't get to this place all of a sudden. Mm. I didn't get to the place where I felt that I had the power to write a letter to a newspaper. Yeah. It's it's incremental. It's bit by, I think even two years ago, I wouldn't have done that. Mm. I wouldn't have thought that I had the capacity to do that. That I, you know, that it would count for me to do that. And it doesn't matter really if anyone takes notice. The fact, I mean, it does matter. They yeah. absolutely must. <laughs> but the fact is that you're standing up for people that you care about. And I think yeah. everybody, every single person has activism in them Mm. and I think there's a real element of people feeling like too scared which I totally understand but sometimes you just gotta be scared and do it anyway and it's people scared of judgment as well because not everyone feeling passionate about something and doing something about it it makes other people feel uncomfortable in the same way it's like if you go out and you're not drinking Mm -hmm. everyone's like oh why are you drinking have a drink have a drink Mm. drink." so if you're suddenly like do you know what this isn't okay everyone that's kind of standing back and letting it be okay are like oh uh if you're making a noise i've got to do something about it so maybe you should shut up yeah it brings up a lot of resistance yeah from everyone anyone can be everybody cares about stuff Mm. i refuse to subscribe to this narrative that i'm doing something different or special like but you are no 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 i'm not and i'm not even being like 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 modest in that i mean Mm. like it just if you want to do that you can yeah and especially especially as white women yeah we have the capacity to do so much more than we do Mm. and to make space for people that aren't that aren't being given space basically um and even you know it can be in any way it's just calling out small things and the more you do it it's like you know working out a muscle yeah the more you do it the stronger you get like the more that you call things out the more that you question things you also learn which, thing, which things to let go. Mm-hmm. You know, like Change your battles is another absolutely really good advice. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I know. I, th- I genuinely feel that it is within anybody's capacity to do some sort of activism to change mm. something around them. Really inspiring stuff. So let's also talk about why you say menstrual poverty versus Men- period, menstrual, menstrual equity, menstrual, or period equity, period equity versus yeah. period poverty. Because I've seen, I've been in like, I think I was in like a service station loo and you see the thing on the back of the door and it's like a really sad looking woman and she's like, she's in a war-torn country and now she's got a period, like, what are we going to do? Yeah, I hate this advert so And it's much. kind of like, number one, it did actually think, I was like, oh, fuck, I wouldn't consider what you yeah. have to do. Imagine like the day that I come on my period, I literally can't do anything. Yeah. So imagine being in a situation where you are on the run from something and you mm-hmm. have to just deal with it. Like, but... It's also like, well, this woman's not empowered, is she? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not empowering her. We're making her into this victim, which mm-hmm. is kind of the opposite of mm-hmm. what's supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I answer the question that I asked you. Sorry. So, no, no, no. So, so I'm really glad you brought that advert up because yeah. everything that we do at BGP is in 
direct reaction to that kind of work. Yeah. I don't believe in poverty porn. Yeah. Like, it's I think awful. it not only desensitizes, it, it, it dehumanizes the people it, yeah. that it shows, but it desensitizes people. Yes. And if all you're seeing, it's different in London because it's so diverse here, but if you're in, say, the village in the middle of nowhere, and the only way that you're seeing people of colour is in these adverts that these poor people... Yeah. Like... How how are you ever going to properly understand the world, like, or relate to anyone that you meet that's not the same as you? Yeah, if yeah. You've seen them painted in this light your whole life. Yeah, and so the thing about the term period poverty is it has its place and it exi- it describes a very specific set of circumstances, which is somebody who can't afford the products. But mm-hmm. but period poverty doesn't exist on its own. It yeah. exists because of a lack of menstrual or period equity. Yeah. So because of the shame and the stigma that has surrounded periods forever and because of the way that advertising and religion and just the patriarchy in general has um hidden away periods. Yeah. That's why people were not able to ask for products. That's mm. why they're not already free like they are toilet paper. Yeah. You know, that's why people aren't engaged with reusable products when actually it's like way better for you anyway. Mm. Um and period poverty is just a small part of it. And we, especially at BGP, feel that like, you've got to, fo- you, we're optimistic if we're anything. You've got to focus on where we can be, mm-hmm. not a part of what exists. And so we focus on period equity. And that also means it applies to everybody. Yeah. Every single one of us is at the point where we have not reached period equity. Mm. You know, the fact that like, I mean, I don't know about your work or how it works for you, but the fact that you say you can't do anything on the first day of your period, like why is most of the time the workplace not set up to accommodate for that? No, you You have to take a sick day and be like, oh, and like- And you're not sick. And the thing is, it's like, Women, everyone, every woman, or, you know, it's not just women who get periods, but everyone who has a period has a different sort of period. All mm-hmm. our bodies are completely different. I suffer really badly from them. And I've mm-hmm. got friends who are just like, oh, I'm totally fine. Didn't even yeah. notice. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. But if your manager's a woman who doesn't have any problems, mm-hmm. she can't even comprehend mm-hmm. the migraines, the pains in the legs, like all this other yeah. weird stuff. I get the shits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry for the shit. Oh, that's, you know, no, no, that's <laughs> 28%, I think it was, of, really? of people with periods get the shits yeah like it's it's you would never have known that right no really, until i, mean, I came I'm along a, I'm a i don't mean that i read it the other day as well though. oh same <laughs> i mean i work in periods yeah of course um welcome yeah but, um, <laughs> but so if you're calling yeah. up your manager if there's someone who's like oh yeah babe they'll get it you'll get the day off yeah i've had sassamans are like well take a ta- take a tablet put the tampon come in and i'm like it's not yeah, an option yeah mate. i'll punch someone on the tube yeah <laughs> like, i mean like it's not gonna be yeah, it's so. What was the term? Menstrual equality, or well, I mean, there's a few. So like menstrual equity, menstrual equity, or period equity, period, period equality, equity, like period any equality, any yeah. of them really. Like yeah. it just it just speaks to the fact that it is more than just not having money. Yeah, it's more than not having the products that you need. Yeah, and it also I think with period poverty, it can kind of separate itself then from gendered poverty yeah so we know that women and I guess in that sense people who menstruate are hit harder by austerity. Yeah. And period poverty comes into that, mm. but it's not separate. It also, you know, it relates really closely to things like abuse. Like often people who are in abusive relationships have cited that, you know, they, their partners held back from either giving them products or money for products, you know, that kind of oh thing. My God. And that's not poverty no. in the same sense. That's a weapon against something that exactly. your body is doing, using that as a weapon against you. Exactly. And so that's why we feel that like menstrual equity is... It's also less stigmatizing. Yeah, it is. You know, people like call us and like, can we talk to someone who's experienced period poverty? I'm like, I would never call you and say, can you find me someone who's poor? 
someone sad. So we can talk about how sad they are. I'm yeah, like, no, that's, that's not fucked. how this works. Mm. So yeah, that's why we we much prefer that term. And yeah. it just speaks to, it speaks to the bigger, massive problem that is out mm. there of shame and stigma around mm. female bodies. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's almost like another hour's conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about um, F You Pay Me. Need for it. First of all, so, where has it arisen from? It came from the fact that last International Women's Day, I was invited onto a panel with a very, very big alcohol brand and a very, very big um, advertising firm. So, I mean, this was this panel, right? It was about, it was called like Spirit Forward. And it was all about um, being a woman in the workplace <laughs> and like all of that shit. And roller skating on your period i mean it was yeah. it literally um but i thought you know what it, it looks quite fun and there's really good people on the panel uh-huh. as well so i wrote back to them and i was like yeah sounds really great what's the fee yeah and because it's work it is yeah, work of course it is. um even though like, it's so bizarre like when people just don't really understand that um and they wrote back and they were like um Oh yeah, um, so we did have a £200 fee, but everybody else on the panel has agreed to give it to the charity that we're supporting. And I was like, mm, okay. So I was like, right, well, there's nothing, I, what am I supposed to say? No, don't give it to charity, it's for me. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do it anyway. I had a free day and it was nice and I met some really great people. And then like, I just was like, oh, this, this, is, this is my feminism. And this mm. is what I have learned to do. This isn't something that I would have done easily before. I went around to all of the people on the panel and was like, did you offer to give your fee to charity or did you um were you told that you were going to and every single person was like oh no I was told that everybody else was doing it and so I was like oh like that's a bit naughty this yeah it it was an event which probably cost tens of thousands of pounds yeah you know I mean to say there's no budget like seriously go fuck yourself yeah um and so I was just like I was furious and I just started thinking, okay, we need something. They're separating us. This is mm. what they're doing. They're telling everybody, no, you're not, nobody else wants to get paid. That's what they're doing to women. They're saying, no, people aren't that bothered about getting paid. You're actually just a bit greedy for asking to get paid. And it was yeah. percolating in my head. Lots of things do. I let things cook. And <laughs> um, then I, I think, I think I must've just talked about it loads with my friend Shay. Mm. And we... Just were like, okay, right, okay, we need to do something. What do we do? And then one day we went for brunch and got drunk and we're like, let's just do it. Let's sort, let's make a WhatsApp group. Yes, good. So <laughs> I literally, we made like, we were like, call it F you pay me, like Beyonce of, yeah. like made a little graphic, put it on our Instagrams and we're like, if you want to join, if you're expected to work for free, join. And we thought it would be like a few people, like a few activists. Yeah. Women from every single industry jumped on board and so we had to end up we ended up making it into like a a facebook group because we like Mm. couldn't contain the capacity and it's really just it's just one of these things that i think enables people like what we were talking about before it sort of builds up muscle it's like going to the gym i don't know why i'm obsessed with the gym i think i went last night i'm really (laughs) proud of myself well done though yeah like to be fair like you never go um like so but it's sort of we work together to build things up okay we we like build each other up we like talk about okay this is what i get paid got paid for this people will put questions in what do i ask for for this and there's 
money experts I've in there as well. I've been asked to work for free so many you times. You should come into the I'm coming to the groom. To be fair, I don't work for anyone else now. That's why I do the pottery. I was like, fuck you, I'm doing pottery. Like, that, was my, that was my knee-jerk reaction. Um, but again, yeah, the sisterhood, supporting each other. Yeah. Amazing yeah. and needed. So I'm going to move on to our few little quick questions. I mean, there's not too many. Um, just talking about what we just discussed, really. So who, for you, is your biggest inspiration that, considering what you're doing now, is there someone who mm. has kind of led the way? I mean, in terms of periods, not really. Right. <laughs> because it's not new. This yeah. is the thing. We're not, it's not a new thing that, I mean, obviously periods aren't new. But yeah. period activism isn't new. Mm. So I guess in terms of like my inspirations, it's, I mean, it's people around me who are doing the same thing at the same time. We work together and love each other and, you know, it's brilliant. Mm. But like in terms of, I think I've had to sort of focus myself out of periods and more in sort of other feminist stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, you should probably think this is really weird for me to say, but the author, Rennie Edo Lodge, who oh, wrote, she wrote the most brilliant book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Okay. I mean, to say you've put yourself out there. Yeah. It is the most brilliant book I've okay. ever read. Oh, I'll read it. Uh, it's life-changing. Mm. And just the way she sort of put herself out there and just said, you know what? This is actually what's going on right now. Yeah. And you can try and deny it all you want, but I'm writing this. Mm. was so like, wow, to me, that's what you can do. You can actually just go right against the status quo. Mm. I mean, and I work with her sometimes, so I hope she doesn't... <laughs> no, she'll, she'll, she'll probably love it. I'd love it if someone cited me as an inspiration. But she's just, yeah. she's also just really inspiring in the way she works. She's got yeah. firm boundaries. I've learned mm. so much from her. She insists on getting paid. You know, all yeah. of these things yeah. uh, it, I find incredibly inspirational. And yeah, just her sort of voice is is incredibly powerful, I think. And I really sort of look to her for, yeah, sort of what, what would Rennie do in this situation? Oh, that's an awesome, awesome thing to Don't think tell her. <laughs> she might listen. Um, so that leads on neatly to who's your biggest support? Because obviously this is a challenging, um, a challenging journey to go on. Um, how are your family about it? You know, are they, they, are they kind of squeamish about periods or they're like, yes, oh God, no, yeah. or, you know, well, I'm, I've got three sisters. Oh, fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so no one's squeamish about periods. Yeah. I think that's sort of the first, like, we're not even, there's not even that, that level to get to. Yeah. But they're so supportive, my family. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I mean, my mum and dad, when I started this, they didn't quite get it which is fair because mm-hmm. it hadn't been done before. And so it took them a little while, but then I think they started seeing, oh, okay, this is, they were really, really proud of me and their yeah. friends started saying that they'd seen me in like a newspaper. And to them, that is, yeah. that's a real, that's <laughs> success. That's a marker yeah. of success. But my sisters and my friends and my boyfriend are, I'm really, I've become really, really firm with sort of who I hold space for, I yeah. guess, in my head. That sounds a bit wanky, but like. No, it's true. And I think basically I kind of ended up doing the same thing when I hit 30, I was like, Oh, it was a 30 thing yeah, yeah it is a 30 thing you sort of go you're actually probably only around when I want to go out and party yeah you borrow too much money and don't pay it back yeah and you kind of go through and you're like no 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 yes you're a cheerleader you're a cheerleader you're a cheerleader yeah. you get it right okay continue yeah it's, it's <laughs> true like that was sort of and so actually when I first met my boyfriend um he wanted to know like you know who are your friends what you know you just sort of find out about each other and we made these lists like 
he has it in his wallet, I think, so called like the bone marrow list. Oh. And it was like a list of who we'd give bone marrow to. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> but then he was like, okay, that's who who really count to her and I'm yeah. the same for me. So I guess my bone marrow list are like the people that are the ones who really support me. There's no jealousy. Like my best friend mm. Katie is a super successful lawyer, you know, in her own right. And mm. really is just my biggest cheerleader. That's we used wicked. to say we do each other's PR. Yeah. Um, but like just <laughs> always has supported, you know, what I do, like opens doors for me when I need them, yeah. and, you know, same for her if she ever needs it. But like, it's these groups of people that I'm just like, they're firm in my life. And I mean, it is, it, you know, I'm not mining coal, but this is mm. a very hard job. Absolutely. And people want access to you at all times, mm. especially in the age of Instagram. And so I have my bone marrow list. Yeah. And they're the people that I know that I can turn to or that if that if someone's not on that list and I don't feel like I have the energy for them that is fine yeah I just say no be boundaried boundaries so are boundaried. so important yeah um this might not be a short question to ask but biggest myth about feminism you would like to crush Ooh, that's a really good one thanks uh <laughs> that it's just for women I guess yeah I mean I can't bear it when someone's like oh, I don't like feminism but I do like humanism I'm like it's no <laughs> because humans have equality yeah women don't have equality and isn't humanism like isn't that like a religion it's like a non-religion religion by your own set of rules versus one that's set by god yeah. i mean i quite like humanist theory yes it's lovely my cousin got diff- married that way yeah, yeah but it's different it's to feminism no yeah um i just think people find it hard sometimes to understand that it's a movement being led by women and that's yeah. why they don't like it yeah you know if you're saying i'm not a feminist because i don't really <laughs> Maybe you don't really like being led by a woman. Yeah. Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Oh, really? Yeah. And a jewellery designer, actually. Oh, well, I was, like, there you so go. so excited to come <laughs> in. Um, yeah, I, I was absolutely obsessed with being a fashion designer. I went like on courses. Mm. Like My mum used to take me to like the uh, costume museum in Manchester. Oh. Like I was really, really like obsessed with it until I was like 16 17 then just one day I was like I don't do this anymore Um, and then in my 20s I did a lot of like jewelry making I worked in the jewelry shop like all of that kind of stuff it wasn't until I think I was I always knew I wanted to do something good Mm. something feminist but it wasn't until like I started this that this I knew that this is what I wanted to do if that makes sense but yeah fashion i loved fashion. as you can definitely tell by my (laughs) incredibly fashionable outfit Uh, it looks super chic though (laughs) um what would you love to see in 10 years time what change needs to happen the biggest one god wouldn't it be nice to have some women in power and not like tory women in power it's <laughs> yeah. not the same it's not no, the same it's not. i mean wouldn't it be nice to have a left-wing government with women in charge yeah like, i'm with you babes like, let's all hope for this future i don't want another if marianne williamson May. gets in i'm moving over to the states like actually like, yeah oh my god i like just so much. <laughs> why has this not happened yet? Like yeah. that's what I want to see, and it's not the only way to make change, but like it's, it's pretty big. Yeah, you know, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um, question people ask you the most about bloody good periods. What do they ask me? Oh, people ask me that. How did you get started? And I guess that, <laughs> and I guess that is the the question because I guess that is. That's the question that I would ask. I'd want to know, mm. well, how do you actually do it? How mm. do you actually start something off? I mean, the answer is just t- 
tiny bit by tiny bit. One step at a time. One step at a time. Like you don't wake up one day and you're the CEO of a charity you created like that. But yes, you did. did Yes, you bloody did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the thing. How do you get started? I think is, is the question that I get asked consistently and I'm always happy to answer. Yeah. Maybe that's a little post. Yeah. Yeah. How to get started. Do you feel strongly about something? Is such a you take? Maybe I should do that, Bella. No. <laughs> I'll tag you guys, okay. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, and next steps. What things are happening this year that are going to push things forward? So um, we're working with the government, which is Amazing. really great. I mean... It's, it's hard work. I can it's imagine. It's really hard work and it's not how I work. I like to... Um, you know, have like collaborative ideas and then I like to go off on my own and I like to let things cook in my head and I like to see what happens, try something out and that is not how government works. Yeah. And, and I also just like to be able to say, look, we know this is wrong. We don't need the evidence. Like, yeah. I mean, we need evidence, but like we don't need, anyway. So that's like tough, but it is, it's important. And so that's more of that this year. There'll be mm. lots more of like me cracking on with that. Knocking on number 10. Exactly. I mean, I got invited to, Boris Johnson's tea or something that was yeah that was like about strive it was like we want to celebrate oh thank you for striving to improve girls education and I just I literally was like fuck you (laughs) if you think I'm going to get thanked by you yeah like headbutt him (laughs) yeah it was like people were like you should have gone and just like told him stuff about I was like he doesn't give a shit um but yeah so there'll be more of that and also like we're just we're just working on our education program at the moment which i think is really it's really exciting actually because it's going to be led by the women that we work with yeah they tell us what they want and that's what we do we don't go in there and say you learn about this yeah that's so, yeah, amazing that. yeah thank you so much thank you for having me i feel like i've learned so much and you've got such an inspiring story to tell and um yeah thank you again thanks i've loved chatting to you hey Thank you for listening to After Hours by Ashley Demiye. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. See you back here next week for a brand new episode.